Publishers Weekly Comics World. More to come. This is Kate Fitzsimmons, and I'm interviewing Ngozi of the Kickstarter smash hit online webcomic, Check Please. OMG, checkplease.tumblr.com. And Ngozi, can you tell us a little about your comic? Yeah. Um, so Check Please is the story of a former figure skater named Eric Biddle who joins a college hockey team. And the catch is that he's afraid of getting checked, which is being hit on the ice. So the first volume, or the first year, uh, to follow his life uh, in college, uh, followed him as he was adjusting to college life and overcoming or dealing with his fear of uh, being checked on the ice. And he bakes. <laughs> That's the other thing he bakes. Um, okay, I think you that Kate went by a little fast. Could you repeat that for our listeners? Oh, he bakes. Yeah, like he he bakes. Um, that's where the pun comes in. He's a baker. Not only is he a former figure skater, but he is a baker. Um, aside from being a former figure skater and baking, there's something else about Biddy, uh, as Eric is known, that doesn't quite fit the stereotype of what you would expect of a talkie player. I mean, aside from the fact that he's shorter than everyone else, hence the nickname. So I think what you're trying to get me to say is that Biddy's gay. Um, and that is definitely not something that is, for most hockey players, something that they would publicize. Uh, but I thought it would be an interesting aspect of his life. Uh, it's, it's funny because, like, right now as I'm talking to you, I am trying to... I the way I approach it is that it's not the main part of the story. And although a lot of a lot of the story is about the romance and I think later on it'll become more about dealing with discrimination and dealing with the fact that he is gay, but at the moment, since he hasn't officially said the words like he's fallen for Jack, it is it is uh, I mean I don't want to say it's irrelevant because obviously it's part of his person, but it's not something that I like, you can read the first 10 comics and um, definitely, definitely, um, like, infer just from his mannerisms, the way he speaks, um, his interests, quote-unquote, that he is gay. But I don't know. I, I think it's something that I, I didn't want to make Check Please another uh, BL comic where it's well, like, oh, my main character's gay. Well, but I mean... I hope I don't sound defensive. I think it's important, um, but it's something where... Not... I didn't mean it from a romantic angle, but mm -hmm. I th I think it's it's interesting that it does inform um, what his life's like. Like uh, in the comic, at first he's kind of concerned about coming out to his teammates. So maybe okay, we uh, take it back a bit because I feel like um, I can talk about my inspiration for. Uh, check please, and that will probably be a better segue into talking about why he's gay. Okay, well, what? I, 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 yeah. Okay, we we can. Can you tell us a little about your inspiration for check please and uh, the things that make it a little different, maybe than what someone is expecting from a hockey slice of life comic? Yeah. Um, so my senior year of college, I wrote a screenplay called Hardy, and Hardy was a story of a. Uh, college play, a college hockey player and senior of college who was trying to who's trying to uh, get recruited to play in the NHL. But he also discovers that he is in love with his best friend, who happens to be a guy. 
Uh, so I wrote that. I was senior spring, uh, my uh, spring semester, senior year. And I was drawing a lot from research I did from hockey that year. Actually, that's when I started researching hockey. And I was drawing a lot from actually my experiences being a freshman counselor um, at Yale, um, which was my undergraduate, um, which I did for undergrad. And just learning, like seeing people like going through, um, you know, finding their place. And I think Check Please was really kind of me asking the question. And so, okay, okay, basically, I should also say, I should also say that Hardy was such a downer <laughs> um, because it was about, I mean, this guy struggling with homophobia. Um, he was also struggling with being addicted to pain meds. Like, he was also just stressing out about going on in life. And I think Check Please kind of was born as, like, um, a uh, – it was kind of born um, in opposition to that. I wanted to do something that was a bit more lighthearted, a a less threatening and scary. Uh, And the question that kind of arose was, like, would someone someone like Biddy, this character that kind of uh, was inspired by um, a few of my classmates, uh, with a character like Betty, who is uh, who who is homosexual, could he, could he survive and as in a same environment, um, but not someone like Hardy, who is just kind of um, Hardy is just like oh my god, I, I got my he's kind of in the Anderson. I I got my like brother and sister to read this, and they're like, no, Hardy just seems like a nice guy. He's kind of quiet. I'm like, no, he's a big brute, and he's just he's a fighter. He he would be an enforcer. It's just, That sounds interesting because otherwise, aside from the big bruteness, which is definitely not the case, he sounds a little like Jack, uh, another important character in your comic who, you know, is struggling with addiction issues and possibly some sexuality issues and definitely some conflicted feelings about the NHL. Um, About the the NHL. Is there, like, any relationship between um hardy who you envision as this you know brute and jack who shares some of his issues although he's um definitely more of a sympathetic type character well uh it's funny because i remember i was arguing <laughs> arguing discussing with my sister like about my my screenplay and she was saying oh well, hardy does sound a little bit like that so he like she definitely saw that similarity. I think it's more of a – it's kind of interesting because Hardy is definitely – he Hardy is, like, semi-mute. Like, uh, most of the stuff he says – I guess I, I haven't published this screenplay online, so there's nowhere you can read it. If you can read, like, the first 10 pages somewhere on my blog. Um, I, again, I think the reason why uh, Hardy and Jack are different is that um, – Hardy deals with kind of addiction to pain meds, um, and I think Jack's, Jack's not really dealing with addiction as so much as anxiety. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that I, uh, I think I, I hope I hope it's clear in the story because yeah. he definitely he he definitely had an issue with uh, relying a lot on anxiety medication, uh, but it was something where it was he was mostly just dealing with his anxiety and he was trying to self-medicate. Right. Um, it's, 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 it's different substance use issues. Um, it's not 
necessarily addiction issues exactly as relationship with substances but it's a different kind i that did come through in the comic yeah i hope i hope that did um and and it's funny because we're doing a comparing contrast and i unfortunately haven't like uh you haven't read the screenplay uh but hardy uh one of the main themes in hardy was communication where i feel like one of the main themes in check please is self-acceptance like that's that's it that's the spoilers you should put if you could like put a buzzer like five seconds before I say that that's just that's the main thing to check things with self acceptance. Um, and as uh, Jack and Biddy go through their arcs, it's more about them accepting themselves. So, you know, what motivated you to go from like that kind of of story to something a little more lighthearted and and about self acceptance in check please? Uh, I guess it was also, I wanted to do a story, I definitely wanted to do a webcomic over the summer before I started um, attending uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD, uh, and I had a bunch of leftover hockey knowledge, so I definitely wanted to set in on that world I investigated, and I I, um, I tend to go for stories, Hardy was definitely um, not a typical story, it was dramatic with moments of humor, whereas I tend to write kind of kind of found found family stories uh, with lots of humor. Um, so in approaching approaching that world again, it was just kind of readjusting things. And Biddy was inspired by uh, the other freshman counselors that I lived with. I mean, freshman counselors, uh, they're basically like RAs, but a little bit more. Um, and what you're, res- like residential assistants, but a bit more. Uh, and that they do a lot of like actual, we actually get trained for counseling. So I was really surrounded by a ton of people who were just like had emotional IQs out like skyrocket. Like these people just could like feel emotion. Um, and they loved to bake and they were really warm. And like, how could I not create a character when I was running around those people? So um, yeah, Biddy, Biddy was really just like, how can, how, if I took my, my good friend Denise, uh, who, you know, just loves baking and gets Southern living delivered to her every month, like, if she were a hockey player, like, how would she survive? And that's kind of where um, Check Please just kind of started formulating. Yeah. Like, one of the very first sketches I did of Check Please, it was Biddy trying to go to, I think he was, um, he's probably very senior, he's probably at Sam all his senior year, and he's holding, like, uh, a cake, like he's holding a cake, and he's like so confused at what the scrap party is about, and that's kind of that was like one of the gimmicks, like that kind of launched Chesley's like this contrast over and over again. Uh, I guess it was also I wanted to do a story. I definitely wanted to do a webcomic over the summer before I started um, attending uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD. So. Yeah, there, there is a contrast, although the funny thing is, is it doesn't seem to be as much as Biddy is expecting going in. Like, it, it seems like he's expecting them, like, oh, it's like a hockey, a, a college hockey team expecting to be a lot more tough and macho than they are, when really they're a bunch of ridiculous goofballs. Yeah, it's like, like they both, yeah, Biddy had expectations. Um, and I think he was probably stealing himself for that. He was really nervous at the beginning of his freshman year. Um, and then it turns out that they were just like 
they, they, I mean, it was a, it was a really good choice for him and going to Samwell. Um, so you have the, the defenseman uh, pair, the B-men, Ranton Holster, who, as soon as it, it's in a side comic, it's not an actual comic, but as soon as they hear that uh, Biddy is gay, they're like, they pause for a second, and then all that, all that pausing is, they're not like, they're not grossed out. They are just recalculating, okay, now we can't set them up with Rebecca and Jennifer and Tiffany. We still, now it's Kyle and Mark and Joe, and they're just going to go through that list. So, And then there's Shitty, um, who is uh, a, he's a political science and women gender studies major, who just is like, he hears Sydney's gay, and he's like, whoa, okay, that's, he, he, I, I forgot what he actually said. I think it's like, thank you for trusting me with that when video actually comes out. Um, and then there's Jack, who, yeah, I've gotten a lot of questions like, has baby come out to Jack? When will baby come out to Jack and have a great but, movie? But he doesn't, does he, really, does he really need to at this point? I mean, the whole team yeah. pretty much knows. Yeah, that's exactly. And I think people wanted to see that comic where Biddy kind of stumbles over his thing, telling uh, his future love interest that he, telling his sexuality, Spoiler. they wanted him to, I'm sorry? You have, you oh, have. Oh, yeah, sorry, spoilers. Yeah, sorry. No, oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. if you choose to spoil your comic, we, your audience, are happy to hear. Um, I have a future love interest in that, like, he he will love, he will be interested in Jack. Go on. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, so he, like, I think people really wanted to see that scene where Biddy's, like, stumbling over telling Jack his sexuality, and Jack is like, oh my God. This is this is going to fire in me, and I just think that's terrible storytelling. I, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no point in that, um, and it's kind of um, tiring out really old tropes of like, oh, let's take the gay character and make him like confess, like confess, and like put himself out there and make him vulnerable. You know, well, those things can be good storytelling, but it's it's something where it's just like. Uh, uh, it, it just seemed a bit boring to me, actually. So, yeah, well, it, yeah, well, let's keep playing hockey. <laughs> well, I mean, it it doesn't seem true to the spirit of Check Please, which is, um, for all it is an LGBT comic, is very much a slice of life comic. Um, you know, it's 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 not necessarily about big confessions to future love interests. It's about Biddy's life as a whole, and what it you know mm -hmm. what. Well, what it's like to be Biddy. What 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 do you qualify now? Who oh, the tables are turned? What would you qualify as a life slice of life comic? And what would you qualify as an LGBTQ comic? Well, it's it's an LGBTQ slice of life comic, is what I'm saying. Even though it may in future contain romance elements, it does not read. Especially since you go through a full year of his his life without this coming up, it's not a romance comic. If that makes sense, it's a comic mm -hmm. about. Biddy, who is gay, not a comic that is specifically romance centered. If that okay, makes sense. Okay, so would you? Because I've always pitched it um, as a, I guess, as a sports comic. I don't know. Well, I mean, it is. These things are not contradictory. I'm not like this is not like a genre category into which you must fit. I'm just saying, like, when you read it, like, it's about his life, which includes sports. Mm -hmm. Um, That's true. And actually, yeah, <laughs> as the story keeps going, it, we see them playing. There's actually a tag on the blog that is 
Um, sometimes they play hockey, so we'll see how much sports is actually in there. Not backtracking. No, but I mean, it's. I, I guess I didn't see like sports and slice of life as being contradictory. I'm sorry if you mm-hmm. thought I was impugning your sportsiness. <laughs> this is really rambling. Sorry, listeners. Anyway, um, so, okay, here's the question. Why hockey? Like, obviously, hockey has risen to prominence uh, in our society a bit more in the last few years. It seems to have gotten more popular. Um, but even so, what inspired you to, sp- to talk about sports and specifically to talk about hockey? Um... Well, I mean, you could say that I started Check these because I took the screenplay, or I write that screenplay. Um, I, 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 it's you get these moments in life where you meet people, and they really can inspire, <laughs> can really just change the course of your life. And I think I met, or not even I think I met a hockey player in my freshman year of college, who it was the inspiration for Hardy like the character Hardy. Yeah. And without that, I probably, I, I don't know, I wouldn't be doing a comic about hockey. I'd be doing some other thing. And that really was the moment. Uh, but, you know, I, I met I met uh, this uh, hockey player in college. Uh, he was an interesting guy. He was, like, so quiet. Like, um, in high school, I, you know, I was an AP student. Uh, hung out with, I uh, was on the academic challenge team. Mm, I was a nerd. Uh, never really hung out with jocks. So being in uh, being in a class with a jock and like actually talking to them was really fascinating to me. It's kind of like a complete experience. Oh, it's fascinating meeting these jocks. Oh, so weird. Um, but uh, after that, it was really learning about hockey as a subculture and how just ridiculously weird it is. And I think that's probably where my interests are passion for it kind of sprung. Because once you once you get to that once you kind of tap into this like peek behind the curtain of what hockey is of like the uh, the ritual of fighting um, the nicknames the how how it's so it's so um, primitive and how people connect it to nature and like people can you know wax so poetic about hockey there's something about it that is just a little bit weird. And kind of, uh, it, I kind of became obsessed with learning as much, like being a. Because I, I mean, I'm a, I'm an African American woman from the South. I've skated like three times in my life. <laughs> I can't date. Don't tell anyone. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, so being so far, so much of an outsider became weird. It became a little freaky to me. It became a little weird, and um, and I think some people, you know, they may go off to. Uh, countries that aren't America and be like, ooh, what strange rituals are being conducted here? And I look at hockey, I'm like, oh my god. Do they really say, do they really say, like, go get them boys every game? Do they really go, like, do they really just talk like this? All of them, even the people from Russia, they get this weird, everyone gets this generic Canadian accent. It's kind of, like, it's so weird to me that I just have to, I have to infiltrate and I just have to learn more about it. And I wanted to know it so well that you you wouldn't know that I'd never play hockey in my life. It's it's just something I was really ready to do. So from that point of view, um, do you identify with Lardo, uh, the um, no <laughs> manager girl? No, okay. 
No, I got it's funny because um, I, I feel like the character I, I've said this before. The character I identify most with is probably Holster, just because we both like sitcoms, and that's probably it. I think all the characters are so different to me, and they have they definitely have each of them has uh, have elements um, that I would treat to myself. But uh, Lardo is based off another friend of mine who uh, our student just really laid back, wants to make things, hangs out with the boys. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how I generally create, like, all the characters. They're just people I know. So, um, speaking of people you know, and speaking of the culture of hockey and nicknames, I gotta ask, Mr. Knight, how did he get that nickname? It's well, X-rated. The, um, how did he get that nickname? Oh, yeah, yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> That's the most mischievous interviewee. Um, uh, he got that name because I was considering. I can't. I don't think I can even say because the 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 message will people will be able to deduce. So I'll just not say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so 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 basically, that you refuse to answer that question on the grounds it will incriminate you. Yeah, if I kind of explain it, someone's gonna some uh, someone will put on a pin hat and then start tying string on the corkboard and they'll figure it out. So <laughs> it's not even that big of a deal. It's just it's whatever, but it's okay. It's very it. simple, and I think it's actually gonna disappoint many people. They'll be like, "That's it." Oh, story, but again, I'll just, and I'll just shrug and keep drawing another comic <laughs> as they march around. Yeah, if anything, he kind of reminds me of the um, stereotypical Matthew McConaughey character, a, a, a pre, you know, dark movies, um, only, only with like this tremendous like social conscience. Yeah, and the funny thing is, it's like, when people read the comic, they, uh, uh, you see people, um, they may attach, uh, you know, project themselves onto Jack or attach themselves to Jack later on. They'll say, Biddy's cute, they'll love the rest and the holster dynamic. But the people just, like, especially at the beginning of the comic, I think Shitty was the first interesting character because he said things and he was, he was, yeah, um, but he he really moves that tremendous social conscience, yeah. Yeah, but he also, but in a, a like tremendously charming, laid back kind of way, and he really moves the plot along because he's the character who seems to make things happen. That you know, while Biddy is going to talk about it or write about it or put it on his podcast, I mean his his like video podcast, um, or Jack is just going to not do it and sit in his room. And Ransom and Holster will follow like ducklings behind anyone. Um, he really makes stuff happen. And he's going to be graduating soon in the comic, isn't he? Uh, yes, he will be graduating soon in the comic. I, well, I will say, I will argue that Shitty, that Biddy decides to come out with Shitty. Um, and, and Shitty just receives that information. So he just, he's definitely the necessary like receptacle for that information. But I would... I would argue, <laughs> I'm trying to cover my tracks as an, as a, as an author here, um, but I think Biddy, Biddy himself, like Biddy and Jack making decisions 
and I'm trying to go through go through the comic uh, that really moved things along. I'm not trying to fight you on this. I'm just trying to protect myself. I, I didn't mean necessarily that character. I just meant like for the team as a whole. He seems to in this very like understated. No one even notices it. Um, Jack is officially the captain kind of way that like it's really it's really him he doesn't have a leadership role yeah who, who in this quiet way is making things work for the team um yep. and for the house as a social unit and it'll be interesting to see the dynamics as that shift because it seems like biddy is kind of easing into that role without anybody even noticing it with the ducklings so the ducklings are the the tadpoles, the the little, the little the junior, the frogs, the little junior members of the team, um, who come in in the second year, uh, which is not covered by this Kickstarter, but still, um, yeah, I I think in the first year we definitely see Shitty um, showing that he is, uh, he and he definitely shows that it's like this is how weird you can be as a hockey player at Stanley University. Um, and then once Shitty graduates and like, later in the comic, Biddy definitely takes that role where he's like, look, 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 I am small and Southern and queer and here I am and I'm surviving at Samwell and on the coffee team. And I think it's important for the younger players to see that because they're, they, if they're super macho um, butch guys are like, oh, okay, well, this is a norm. I have to conform or I have to like appreciate it or, and not like attack it and feel threatened by it. And if they're not the norm, then they can feel more comfortable and they can feel like it's a safer place to be. Yeah. And that, and also I feel like, um, first night and then Biddy, um, seem to be taking also kind of, um, mentoring and caring role for the younger players um which is not necessarily the the obvious captainy leadership style but seems to be really important to the social cohesiveness and really kind of charming um and speaking of charming what do you think draws your readers to check please i mean it very clearly it very clearly has a loyal and and loving fan base because i mean outside of the circle of people who read check please no one had heard of check please and then the kickstarter went through the roof yeah um and I'm, I'll try not to, like, weave out this answer by being overly modest, because I do want to say I really don't know, because um, it's something where I know the comic is funny because I I was on a hero magazine for about, uh, for in college. I know I can write jokes, so, and I know that, you know, people can, people will laugh at the comic. And, you know, when you, when you draw a guy in a mustache like running around naked like people are gonna laugh you draw a guy like a little like boy <laughs> holding a pie being terrified of these giant audience. it's gonna it's just funny it looks weird um but i think it's because it is kind of like it is a little bit like a sitcom and when you're when you're reading it it may not it may not uh be apparent but as you're i think um maybe you can like start my answer here I I think that when people are interacting with Check Please, 
um, there is the actual reading the comic and then the community that has grown around it. When you're actually reading the comic, I, I try to make it almost like you're watching TV a little bit. Um, uh, the, it's from a, it's like a single camera, it's like a single camera sitcom. Um, and you're clicking through these panels, which are the same um, ratio as like a movie screen. Uh, and I really feel that when you're reading it, it, it may not feel um, like a traditional comic, and that's what I, that's, that was my goal. I didn't want it to be panels where you know what's coming up. I wanted you to have like the, I wanted the reader to have like an impact. Um, also, it's 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 um, it's funny. Uh, it's not just life of life in that it's you do have the moments where you have an arc, like an immediate arc. Uh, and I think that the fact that it kind of is. Um, where you do you do get the moments of drama and like you get that high like high octane drama like and no spoilers but as during the playoffs uh, we see that in a like it's a very house of cards moment um, and I think because it's drawing from these oh, different ha- house of cards in in what sense house of cards in the everything he, could fall down sense wall. so I think you you have all those aspects from. Uh, it being like a, col- a college drama, uh, college drama, and then you have the element of sports, um, and you have like the uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Well, it's, it's like almost two pairs of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern characters in this comic. Um, so you you take all of that, and then you have um, like I try to do as much extra content as I can. I try to write about the world of Samwell, and I try to give backstory to. The characters to the point where, like, I, I'll talk about, you know, uh, I haven't really talked about it that much, but I'll talk about, like, Jack's parents and um, Diggy's parents. And, um, yeah, so I think, and then after that, you have the element of there is a fandom where people have latched on to things and then they're, they're making transformative works or they're just talking about possibilities or being speculative. Um, I do blog posts so people... After I do a comic, people will go into a blog, the blog post and just start parsing that and start um, doing some close reading. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But and I, I think that that all of that together, uh, and the fact that it's on social media where it's inherently something that people socialize over, it, it becomes it becomes something that people can be uh, very passionate about. And I feel like I'm super lucky because. I did not plan for it to be, I did not plan for social media to be that big of an aspect. Um, but then talking about just putting it on Tumblr and not on Twitter, that was, that was um, another part. Well, but the thing I is, plan- is, is that um, for our listeners, like you, you just casually throw Twitter out there, but it really is quite an immersive experience because Biddy, the character, has a Twitter that he, the character, updates. Um, which is kind of this interesting fourth wall breaking, like immersive alternate reality thing. Like what, what made you, I mean, it's gotta be time intensive. What made you decide to go there to like put that extra element in? I think I, I wasn't satisfied with just, cause I, I updated, <laughs> uh, I updated like every other week and I did extra, but I wasn't satisfied with uh, releasing content that irregularly, and uh, I wanted to continue the story or have aspects of the story be uh, 
be told uh, without having to, you know, clutter up my uh, the actual omg.tumblr.com, the checklist blog. So I think Biddy's, Biddy's blog, which I started uh, uh, around this time last summer, was a way of a compromise of getting, telling parts of the story and fleshing it out more, but doing it in a way that was still uh, cohesive. So not just putting like, okay, I'm going to post the pets ahead cannons today, or just like, okay, now I'm going to just do like a random blog post. I was like, how about Biddy tells us about the world that he lives in? Um, in real time. And I think that transformed it to being something that was multi-platform, which I didn't realize, I didn't actually realize it was multi-platform until um, Alexandra Edwards uh, told me it was. And she's a, she's a producer for, uh, she's a grad student at um, UGA, University of Georgia, Athens. And she is a, she's a producer for um, the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which is a, a transmedia slash multi uh, platform storytelling vlog about uh, Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. So, yeah, I, I really didn't plan for that to be that, that to be the case, but I, I'm glad I continued it. And yeah, it's, and it's something where it does make it seem more real, and that's probably another layer to why people maybe may feel attached to check please because. You're gonna, you know, you're you're going out through your day. You get a text from your mom. You get a text from a friend, and you get a Twitter update from Biddy, and you get a text from your mom, and it's all it's all in the same it's all in the same space, and some of the lines are blurred where this character becomes more real, and you may feel more attached. Um, do you think that the fact that you do have a gay main character in this comic? Um, was something that appealed to your readers? Um, do you think they saw themselves in Biddy? Yeah, um, I think that, that definitely appealed to some readers um, who maybe were... Uh, yeah, no, it definitely appealed to some readers because I, I had people um, write me saying, like, you know, I played sports and um, I'm, like, I'm gay and like, I totally get what Biddy's going through and how weird it is. So I definitely feel, feel like that was like that was an appeal to more uh, to some readers and I yeah and, and also there, you know let's just be honest I think there are people who are looking for more um, queer romance stories or queer uh, queer main characters and that I mean people may not even care about the quality of the writing but they just want to see it so and I and I think that's totally fine and I think that's totally valid to read a story just because yeah, yeah. well I mean I think I think first you have to have some to choose from before you can start weeding out for quality. But I think it certainly didn't hurt that your work is quality. I mean, um, when I was showing around the office to my bosses, um, they were like, oh, this is really good. Why haven't we heard of it? And I was like, well, now you have. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your Kickstarter goal was like, way way lower than what you ended up actually getting it's kind of phenomenal success by kickstarter standards um did you have any idea that you might have more success than you know you were lowballing or you know are were you overwhelmed by the demand or what i mean like what 
was the experience like of i mean toward the end of a year of of art school really sort of being like here is a massive kickstarter of massiveness um so did i did i plan for <laughs> i planned for it and what was my reaction um so yeah when you're doing when you're doing kickstarter it's funny because it's it's an exciting event but a lot of it is just planning and spreadsheets so um, it, it is a lot of, it, it, it definitely, like, let me tell you, when I launched it during class, um, I actually was in my self-promotion class, which I haven't checked my grades, but I, I hope I got an A. Um, <laughs> it, it's something where you were, like, I was sitting there and I was, like, just kind of gobsmacked to look at the number, the, the, the numbers go up. So I definitely was, I definitely was excited. I didn't. I, and to be honest, I, I based off of um, the number of followers I had and listening to a few podcasts on what on being prepared during Kickstarter, I, I was I was pretty certain that it would at least reach fifty percent. And if not by the end, I could like kind of muster by the end of the thirty one days, I could like muster a following to get funded. Um, but I, I was not expecting for it to get funded uh, within the first. The first hour, I wasn't expecting it to get funded uh, within the first day or the first week. Um, so I, I, it was, it was really exciting, and then it was also stressful. Because I was like, ah, I hadn't thought about the stressful. But I was sitting there just looking at my, uh, looking at my friends, just going, like, what do I do? How do I? What, what do they want? Where, when should I announce these? And kind of, you know, that's also just the experience of doing a Kickstarter for the first time. Um, but when you're planning a Kickstarter, yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of just sitting there with uh, an Excel or um, Google uh, Google Drive or Google Docs, and just kind of figuring out um, what you would what you need to do, what you need to plan. So I I I was. So how did you learn to kick? How did you learn to Kickstarter? Huh? How did you learn to Kickstarter? I mean, this you're talking about a self-promotion class. This sounds really interesting. Did it include Kickstartering or crowdfunding? Like, yeah. where did you get your Kickstarter knowledge? So, um, in our self-promotion class, <laughs> um, in our self-promotion class, which was taught by um, Kit Seaton, who she, she just started teaching here last year, but she really revamped this self-promotion class to make it more... Um, for lack of a better word, just relevant to how comic artists create money and promote themselves, uh, create audiences and promote themselves and make money um, in in you know 2015. So there was a section on uh, crowdfunding where he went over Patreon, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and those types of things. But kickstarting, um, what well, I actually did a did a um, kind of review presentation at the very end of that self-promotion class, uh, and I talked about uh, three three things that helped me, listening to podcasts about Kickstarter, um, George Rohag, uh, who is the CEO of Red Pig, he had a, he did a, just a really quick interview um, about just how web comics are make how, how web comics are working, um, and how things have changed. And I listened to that. Um, Spike, Iron Spike. I think the her Gumroad is um, 
I respect, like, I cannot recommend that more. It's, uh, uh, Spike had a PDF, uh, called, I think it's called Let's Launch Kickstarter, Let's Do a Kickstarter. So, like, it's cost five bucks, it's worth the weight in gold, it's it weight anything more digital. It's, it's, a, it's, it's valuable, and I think anybody who's launching a Kickstarter for a webcomic, like, there's no reason not read that. It's, it's fantastic. And then, um, pretty much just doing a lot of research. Um, like, and I, and I think I, I'm still living, um, around SCAD. So, uh, I was actually talking to my professors about doing little workshops on crowdfunding because a lot of it is just, it's, you have, you have to have some business acumen and some just planning. Uh, and organizational skills to be able to do the Kickstarter. So as much as as much as I'm like, yeah, it's just this fun event. It's it's an event that takes a lot of planning and just a, a ton of research. So kind of you have to drown yourself in a bit of research before you even think about doing the Kickstarter. So, you know what? I mean. What do you see as the future for your comics career and for Check Please? Like, how long are you? Do you think Check Please there is in the future? Um, what else are you thinking of doing? All that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I think Check Please. Well, I know that Check Please is probably going to last for about two more years. It'll run until Biddy graduates. Um, other than that, I have no idea where my comics career could go. Um, I will probably do a bit more collaboration with some of the friends I've made here at SCAD. I, um, Hardy, who knows, Hardy could become the next graphic novel that I work with. Uh, I keep mentioning the self-promotion class. Uh, we had to do a business plan slash five-year plan, and I wrote down, check please, check please, check please, question mark. So... I, I guess I'm just going to concentrate on getting that comic out, and um, hopefully there'll be more Kickstarters. Uh, but other than that, I can't say. Okay, fair enough. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about your interaction with your fans? I mean, such as it is. I mean, or, or even the times when you want to take a step back, um, and and you have, you know, you, you allow the fans to just do their thing. Like, what what is it like? putting a very popular comic out directly onto social media? Uh, it's interesting. I definitely think that uh, those type of things can be a blessing and a curse. It's definitely, the, it's definitely a blessing in that I can, you know, have an audience and so immediately see their reaction and interact with them. Um, people don't get to do that. I mean, most, I think most like TV companies and production studios would, you know, pay off the wazoo to be able to see, like, their immediate, uh, the immediate reactions to works and be able to be so close to the audience. On the other side, you know, it's just something where, um, because there's so much accessibility, people can tell you anything at any time, so they're like, why is Bibi wearing a shirt in panel three? And normally, you know, if I, if I just walked out of Mad Max, and, you know, I had a question like, why did Syriosa uh, kick a, a rock in the second half of the, you know, I'm not going to go up to George Miller and say, hey, why is this? There's a bit of separation. It's, so it's a double-edged sword. Um, I hope I got all those things right. 
there's a there's a there's a degree of separation which is you know a luxury. So taking a step back, uh, I'll, let's let's coin a term here and today. Let's call it pulling the water spin. <laughs> Yeah, let's not call it that. It's true. But it's where I just feel like sometimes you do have to take a step back and not not be um, not be just totally on demand because it, that becomes part of your brand of of what you provide to people in their online experience. It may be the web comic, but it may also be going on Twitter and they can like ask the creator questions. It, it may be, you know, when they, people want to talk to Biddy online, they just do it. Um, and I was actually listening to another podcast. I think it was for uh, the Toronto Comic Art Festival. Was it from 2000? Was Kate Beaton and uh, a bunch of other webcomic artists. And Kate Beaton was talking about something that I have not taken to heart. And it's, you can appreciate your fans, but you can also... Um, you also don't have an obligation to them, which sounds, which no, no, I, and I think it's it's something that is, it's uh, young creators definitely have to learn that you can appreciate your fans, you can thank them, you can have gratitude, but um, you're you're one person creating something, and you don't have to exhaust yourself because if you do that, you won't be able to get trade the thing that the fans can um, enjoy. Yeah, it sounds like it's a bit of a balancing act. Um, you know, is there anything else that you would like to say about Check Please or, you know, your experience at, um, you know, SCAD or, or any of this? Um... Oh, no, I think that's all. Thank you so much for having me on, and I really appreciate it. It's it's awesome to it's always awesome when people want to just learn more about tech please and more learn more about uh, myself as a creator. It's great.